Welcome to Voices of Baltimore. My name is Zion Chambers, and I am a strength ambassador here at Mission Fit. We're creating a platform for discussion for the youth, by the youth, to tell our stories. We are people from Baltimore. We understand Baltimore. Everyone hears the ugly, but here we're going to dive into the truth, raw and uncut. To talk about it all, Baltimore in its entirety, and strengthen, uplift, and unite the voices of our community. We hope you join the discussion. Thank you. What's up, everyone, all the listeners? This is Joshua Day, Executive Director of Mission Fit. We are here live in our gym for another episode of the Voices of Baltimore podcast, a youth-led podcast. And this week, we have all of our guests in the gym with us, which I believe might be a first. But um, that being said, definitely grateful to have you all here. And this week's topic is surrounding education after the whole government lockdown and surrounding COVID and the pandemic. So uh, we want to go ahead and give it to our youth, Abby Sola. And if you could go ahead and talk about a little bit of who you are and then also what made you interested in this topic. And then we'll have the other uh, co-hosts speak on on their background and, and what made them choose speaking on this topic as well. Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Abby Solovina, and I am in 11th grade. I attend Baltimore Polytechnic Institute. Um, I'm in high school, obviously. And um, what made me interested on this topic was um, in school, I am in a mental like support group and everything after the pandemic happened. And it was interesting to see and hear from many other students' point of views and perspectives on how you know, the transition from going virtual and then to pandemic, no, from going virtual in the pandemic and then back in person was. And so like, that was, you know, nice to hear that and like to know that I'm not alone in this process. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. Next up, we have Zoe. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi, I'm Zoe. I am a special educator, uh, elementary education here in Baltimore City. I've been teaching for the past nine years in Baltimore City, and um, I am excited to talk about this topic because it has now been a huge part of our lives for the past two years, um, and I'm excited to talk to other students and educators about it. Got you. All right. Thank you. And last up, we have Ishita. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Ishita Vimani, and I'm a visiting scholar at Hopkins. I'm here for a year. What made me interested in this topic is that I have also been through a lot of post-pandemic effects in my education. So I, I really want to know more from a teacher. What is their experience? Got you. Got you. All right. So for the listeners, that's kind of who's weighing in on this topic. And just in case this is your first time tuning in, this is a very much a youth-led podcast where we're trying to give our youth a platform to speak from, to be heard, and also maybe just gain some knowledge from, from other people that typically they may not have the opportunity to. So with that being said, um, who would like to ask the very first question? <laughs> 
Um, okay. Well, this is Abby Soul speaking. I don't know if they like know that or not. But okay. yeah. Um, so to Zoe, um, what is your experience in teaching so far? Like how so you've had you've taught students post pandemic and pre pandemic. What are the differences that you've seen in your students? So it has been definitely a journey from, you know, what was pre pandemic working virtually and then working after we got off of virtual. Um, it's, it's interesting, especially because I work in uh, special education. So I'm already working with differently abled children. Um, and pre-pandemic, my job is very hands-on. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with a lot of kids that might need like some sensory um, help. You know, they're always up and running and I'm like very physical in my job. So when it turned to virtual, I was just like, I didn't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure a lot of kids didn't know where to start either. So it's like, oh, you're looking to the teachers to figure this one out. But we're all kind of learning as we go. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually surprised because the the kids that I work with these days, um, they're born into a world. They're born into the screen, right? Whereas, like, I'm old enough that I remember the first time I got a computer, the first time I got a phone, whereas these kids... They kind of knew more than the teachers, in a sense, um, working virtually. It's almost like they were teaching us some of these things. <laughs> we're like trying to learn all these apps and stuff. So I think it was, it almost, in some senses, made the virtual learning and teaching. It made it more like a back and forth in some in some ways, mm-hmm. um, at least with the little kids. Of course, there were a lot of challenges um, when you work with kids that have ADHD and even teachers that have ADHD, like. Nobody wants to sit in front of the screen all day, right? Um, at the same time, there are kids that like reading off a screen better than they like turning pages in a book. So it's just like everyone's different. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, and then going back to school after being virtual was definitely a huge challenge. Um, almost more of a challenge, at least in my mind, than figuring out how to do virtual learning. Um, going back, at like, like not only is it like socially a lot to take on but just remembering how to do everything like remembering how to be around each other um and for the kids especially the young kids um they almost didn't have like that social background Mm -hmm. um and when you think about like early elementary kids pre-k kindergarten there's academic parts to that but a lot of it is learning social skills how to be around kids share and ask for help and advocate for yourself so I think, at least at my level, um, teaching elementary kids, the the thing that they miss out on the most is learning those social skills. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're catching up on the most isn't just reading and math and the basics, but literally how to be around one another and like work together. Um, I think that's actually the biggest thing, the biggest change and what we're struggling with the most mm-hmm. in school right now, at least at the elementary level. Um, I'd also be interested to to find out what you think, like, the high schoolers have struggled with the most, because um, it's very different from the little kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, when, so when the pandemic hit, I was in ninth grade, March of ninth grade, and um, obviously this is my first year of high school, mm-hmm. I was like looking forward to the, end of, to the end of the year and all that. And, um, you know, we were off for two weeks and then it was like, oh, indefinitely, (laughs) you know? And so, and then 10th grade year, I was virtual and that was an experience for me because it was, it like, just 
like having the motivation just to get out of bed mm-hmm. and then to open up the computer and be like, okay, I'm in school mode, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like actually going into the building, it was weird. And I feel like a lot of teachers, like for me, that they understood that and they were very much uh, a bit more lenient with work and also being at home. And I'm the oldest out of four. Mm-hmm. So like all the kids running around and then they're on their laptops too, also trying to get their work done. My parents are at home too, trying to get their work done. So it was definitely an experience. And then now, and then like, I think towards the end of 10th grade, which was virtually, I was like super unmotivated. I was like, I don't feel like doing anything at all. And I, and it was just, it was okay. Virtual is okay. But now that I'm in person, I like, once we started, once I started 11th grade in person, it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm happy to see people mm-hmm. other than my family, you know? Right. And um, it was nice. Like, I'm taking everything in. I'm, like, taking advantage of everything. I know, um, what, like, last week we had our junior day, and it was nice to see. We were uniform in school, so it was mm-hmm. nice to see everyone, like, dressed up and everything. It's just, like, you realize that you take certain things for granted. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, like, seeing people, you know? Right. So it was definitely, like, a nice change to just see people in person mm-hmm. yeah so there was something that 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 you mentioned early in your introduction as you said you were part of a mental health support yes. group i'm interested in kind of hearing how that's been if you were part of it prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. or even more if that's something that was created post pandemic yeah. or during virtual yeah. and kind of how that's hopefully helped you uh, <laughs> yeah. so if you can kind of just let us know what what that's been like and how it came about mm-hmm. and, and those details so the mental health support group if, at first it started um it actually started like what post is it post yeah post pandemic mm-hmm. as a result of you know like getting back into the in-person school mode and um the the person who created it uh she's a guidance counselor at our school and um so for the first semester, I wasn't part of it because I was like, okay, well, what am I going to talk about? But then my friend who's part of it, she was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really gaining something from it. And I was like, oh, like, let me join too. And it's just nice to be in a group where like it's part of people who are like-minded, people who are the same age as me going through these things. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not the only one who, you know, is experiencing these things as well. It just made me feel heard and it was really nice it's a really nice experience and i feel like um it's just been really nice overall and even the guidance counselor because she's there obviously as an adult uh what is it an adult supervisor there we go an adult supervisor and like she was like your 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 feelings are valid and all that stuff and it's really nice so yeah thank you for sharing so my question is to zoe um how do you feel that schools have become more mental health friendly in this pandemic phase? Um, I think it's definitely overdue. <laughs> like uh, before the pandemic, there was definitely, you know, working, I personally work in a public school and I think like somehow the pandemic in ways worked out for the schools because it, it raised a lot of issues to the forefront that people weren't paying attention to. So we already needed more health, mental health professionals. We needed more social workers. We needed more psychologists. And now, at least in Baltimore, we are getting them. Um, when I first started nine years ago, you would be lucky if you had a full-time social worker in your school. Most of the time, they're half-time. So what are you supposed to do if you know a kid has a crisis on a Tuesday? Oh, wait till Wednesday? Like, 
So at least in my school now, um, we have way more wraparound support for kids and for families and like the community in general. Um, there are, I know district-wide, we, they started giving, um, usually we have teacher professional development days, like at least once a month. Mm -hmm. They turned one of, like one of those, they turned every afternoon into a wellness, like a wellness Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So they said, teachers, you know, take this Wednesday afternoon, do not do any work, like just That's have a little great. bit of rest. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like bare minimum, but at least people are talking about it now. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's unfortunate that like something so tragic in a way, like brings up these issues for people, but you know, it is what it is. So I think that people have a lot of time to sit in their house and be like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, we're going to need this when we go back. Yeah. Um, and the kids definitely need it. And like you said, not even the, just the kids, but the, the teachers, everybody in the schools needs the support for sure. Yeah. So, so Zoe, you mentioned kind of something that my brain was tracking towards, so it ends up being a nice segue to my question that's going to be directed first towards Abby Sola and then towards you. But it's kind of like, we hear all about, oh, like, oh, they need, you know, mental health, the students need mental health. This, this unfortunate circumstance brought about awareness mm -hmm. for everyone in the education system. But me as someone who's not really involved in the know on a daily basis in schools, all I hear is like, oh, we need mental health. Like, you know, not sharing names or any personal identifiers, but kind of how have you seen those struggles in a little bit of detail, you know, like on, on, on the dark side of just like a friend maybe that you've seen that didn't really handle virtual as well or, or teachers or, you know, special ed students that, it was like, yeah, this is a real thing. Because the closest I've gotten to it as a coach for youth in Baltimore City is with our practice, the Gratitude Circle, where we ask kids, what are they thankful for today? Right when they were allowed to be back in person, it was like I felt multiple kids, multiple programs, multiple weeks early on coming back in person, they would literally say, I'm grateful to be with my friends. And it hit different because they weren't just saying it to say it. Like, you could tell that was coming from their heart. Like... And that's the closest I've gotten to, like, oh, I can only imagine how bad this was. Mm -hmm. So, Abby Sola, if you could kind of speak a little on that, and then Zoe as well. Um, I feel like, so, wait, so your question is how, how is it from us, like, seeing, like, the mental health, how that impacted? Just a little bit more details, because okay, all okay. I ever hear is, like, oh, these kids are struggling with yeah, mental yeah. health. Well, how? Like, um, so, I feel like it's just when, at least for me, and at least for some of my friends that I've heard from, it's just like when you're just in one space at one time. I know like once for me, once, you know, lockdown hit, it was like, because also our, my grandma lived, so we were just at home. We mm -hmm. didn't go anywhere, like only for necessities. And it was just like weird because I am a very extroverted person. I like to go mm -hmm. out. I like to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like being isolated from everyone else. It was weird. And, and it just... How do I say this? Like, I got closer with my family. That's great. Mm -hmm. But I was also, like, I got um, a bit more separated from my friends. Like, right. like FaceTime can only do so much, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, also, I know for some people, like, like some many of my friends, their parents, they lost jobs and stuff like that. And yeah. so it was hard. And also, like, at the same time, you still have to, you know, show up to school. 
and like just all of that and i know that um many teachers they were more lenient they were like okay if you need if you need something just let me know just email me like like the work the schoolwork is always going to be there like but you need to focus on yourself right and i feel like also just put a lot of things in perspective like what's important you know it's just like for me now i used to be like a i mean i'm still motivated that's great in school like all that but now i just like i have like a whole bunch of homework to do but i know if i don't sleep i'm not gonna be like up to the like to the challenge for the next day right mm -hmm. so i don't know if that answered a bit of your question no, no it did it did okay yeah, okay did. thank you thank you and zo what's your perspective um i think there's a lot of different facets of where mm -hmm. um mental health affects us in, in education so i'm thinking about you know the people that work at the school and the students um i think a lot of things were brought up via working virtually so um for instance if you go to a public school you get free lunch you get yeah. free breakfast there are kids that they don't eat until they go to school so um, when we went to virtual at least i know this city did made a, a point to have yeah. lunch um lunch places to get the meals right um i don't know if that happened everywhere in the country right so there could have mm -hmm. been kids that were supposed to learn virtual we're supposed to get this and that and they didn't and i think that's important to think about of that schools are not just for learning aspect, but public schools offer food to kids. And like the social, the social part I think was really important. Um, you think about elementary teachers are some of like the most social bubbly people I know. So it was kind of weird to be apart from my coworkers so long. And then when we <laughs> saw each other again, it was just like picking up right where we were yeah. left off. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think especially for my little ones, it's like, pre-k and kindergarten is so hands-on and you're supposed to be learning with your hands and not just staring at the screen all day so i think they really uh, it really affected them and hopefully not too bad like i know kids people say kids are resilient and they are but there's only you know such much yeah. so much we can take after you know a year year and a half of being inside and not being able to socialize with kids their own age yeah Having said that, um, I have a question to you and to Zoe. I believe that it's very different experience when we see our teachers in person versus mm -hmm. when we see them virtually. So how has that affected, this pandemic affected the bond between educators and the students? It's, um, it's interesting because at first you would assume that you would feel more disconnected. Um, but there was actually a lot of, relationships that I was able to almost bond better because we were physically separated, if that makes sense. So for instance, um, suddenly a lot of parents were, were easier to get in touch with. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just the way of the world. We have so many students, we can't like talk to parents every day, but that would be lovely. But because we were virtual, you know, you could see parents right there on the screen if you yeah. needed to <laughs> um, sometimes, and they were more willing to text or call or, you know, so, and it also you have, a kid literally in you know their bedroom or their living room and so you're seeing to an extent what's going on at home um so you know i had kids that were like want to see my puppy like want to see my kittens like that was always my favorite part of the day i was like okay well let's take five minutes and you can just introduce me to your pets or something like that so there was like parts of the student teacher relationships that and student um or the teacher parent relationships that were actually able to kind of bond a little bit better 
um, while we were virtual um, and get to talk to people that I've never actually like seen in person. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, so in a sense, I guess it, it depends on the type of person you are, but in a sense, some, some people were actually able to like bond more. Yeah. Um, and so that when we were in person, it was like you had this interesting connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like to what Zil said, I'm actually on the opposite end of that spectrum mm-hmm. because I feel like when we first started, it was just, I mean, like when we first started, it was like, okay, you have to have your camera on and all that. Mm-hmm. But like after a week, the teachers didn't care. They were yeah. like, it's, fu- <laughs> it's fine. Like just have your boxes there, you know? And like it, it came to an extent, it was like, like my government teacher, she was like, if everyone puts their cameras on today, we have no class. Everyone put their cameras on. <laughs> everyone put their cameras on and we had no class for the day. And it was yeah. nice. And, um, but, like, now, since I'm in 11th grade, and I'm now, like, asking teachers for recommendations for college and everything. Like, usually for, like, I know my guidance counselor, she was talking about, oh, it's nice to, you know, at least talk to some of the teachers in 10th grade because, like, you know, there would be a lot of students asking their junior teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I can't really talk to my teachers in 10th grade because I didn't really form that. Know them, yeah. Right, I didn't really know them, right? And mm-hmm. it's, like, weird because when I see them in person, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was, that was my, you know, my <laughs> teacher from last year. I'm like, wow, now I'm seeing you in person, mm-hmm. right? And and also, like, with, um like, just forming, you know, new connections with also, like, students virtually as well. Like, um, when we're in um, breakout rooms, and it's like for I know for English, I was like in the same breakout room with like these two other girls, and it was it was nice. But then I saw them in person, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I know you, and like she's actually in one of my classes this year, <laughs> so it's really nice. But um, I feel like also it was like sometimes it was just dead silence mm-hmm. <laughs> when the teacher asked a question, and yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And like sometimes, you know, teachers they want us to, you know talk out loud instead of like using the chat box and mm-hmm. everything so it was it was weird and obviously with um wi-fi and everything yeah. that was a huge thing and but yeah 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 i think it it definitely has to do with i think high school like is definitely a different vibe <laughs> yeah. learning virtually than like kindergarten because yeah. it would like the little kids it's always just like color and activities mm-hmm. and maybe we'll sing a song mm-hmm. but like i'm sure high school is much more content intensive yeah. and like a lot more discussion yeah. lecture so that's probably i there was definitely by the end of virtual everyone was burnt out yeah because there's only so much you can do yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so i think we were all at some point just like oh my gosh just let us let us go back yeah because <laughs> it's not working out <laughs> yeah so a question that i have maybe for our all of y'all, I think all of y'all could answer it, is, and hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm slowly feeling like I'm forgetting it right now, <laughs> but you mentioned getting, uh, Abby Sola, you mentioned getting recommendation letters from your teachers, and that made me think, like, the things I've heard about, oh, you know, this, how it's affected education and social skills and things like that, like, this generation of kids mm-hmm. is... You know, and it's like all science and data. We don't know if it's going to be true or not. Yeah. But it's like so far behind in terms of certain skills compared to previous generations. Mm-hmm. Very simply put, according to our education system, they are not as equipped. Mm-hmm. But we won't really see that data until years yeah. go by. So I'm curious with 
when you were doing your recommendation letters, were you nervous? Like, oh, I feel like I'm not as prepared for college. But then I also want Zoe to speak on the elementary and younger side. Do you feel like they feel like they're aware of or they feel less than or not prepared? And then also Ishita from that, you know, post undergrad from that PhD level where y'all, you know, the students kind of nervous, like I can't learn as much as I need to to be prepared for my career because of this. So Abby Zola, if we can start with you. Um, how do I say this? So I wouldn't really, I mean, yeah, maybe like some of the classes that I took, like I didn't really like retain as much. It was more like just learning just to take the test, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially like for chemistry, I was like, oh my gosh, I do not feel like taking this at all. Um, but what I really say, I'm not, so much equipped for like the next step in life not really um i don't i don't know i don't know about that question yet oh yeah so you, you, you don't know because <laughs> like, you're not but yeah i don't know yeah. um i feel like i've definitely like throughout all of this i've learned more about myself and about like what i really need and my likes and dislikes um because i was just like by myself so I mean there's nothing much else to do and um I mean obviously like any other person I'm like worried for college and all that and I'm I really do hope and pray that we're not virtual like that you know we don't go back into you know like that lockdown phase and I do hope I am prepared <laughs> um but I don't know I'll see when I get there like if I don't know I mean I've learned like you know how to cook more and all that you know being at home um you know clean more cook more um yeah yeah. (laughs) so yeah um but that's pretty much it yeah yeah i think there's it's all about perspective i think there's a lot of people talking about, oh, these are the ways in which we are behind. Yeah. But at the same time, did we not just all go through this together, right? Yeah. So, like, um, like you said, now you have more of these, like, life skills, these, like, home home life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at the, element- at the elementary level, they're doing all this, oh, they're behind in reading by this many mm-hmm. months or years, or behind in these math skills. But it's like, I don't know, we were still teaching, they were still learning, maybe it was different, but what even is the measure that you're yeah. saying they are behind from? Yeah. Um, like you said, there's a lot of teaching to test that happens, and I have my own opinions about how we test kids way too much. Um, and especially at my level, I'm like, what? why? Just yeah. why are we testing this much when they just need to learn these basic skills, if anything, social skills? Yeah. So um, for me, it's like, uh, I don't know if we really are that behind because what is what is your like marker of are we ready for for what you know like there's so many different things that we did like yes a pandemic happened a a lot of things happened that are negative but at the same time um we are living kind of in a technological world and i think it probably helped a lot of people to learn how to um, do certain things virtually and also it made a lot of work accessible for people um and now i think like a lot of companies and different workplaces are thinking oh do i really need to buy office space right do i really need people to work in person yeah so there's a lot of like 
things that are being talked about that I think are positive, mm-hmm. um, possibly to the point that we don't so much need to focus on like being behind. We just need to focus on going forward regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my experience, I never felt that I'm like behind or my performance is declining. I had virtual classes, which was like mandatory to take, but I think they were so interactive. And even for exams, it was like an oral exam and nothing like written exam, which we have otherwise in in in-person classes. And I felt so comfortable in doing that because I didn't have to like learn any formulas or something. So... It was so comfortable and moreover, my lab work was not affected. So I really enjoyed that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Thank you. And then uh, Abisola in regards to like, you know, taking uh, learning information just to take the test. That was the majority of, of yeah. my high school. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. even ashamed to say yeah. it, my undergrad. And I'm not blaming the education system 100%. I think, you know, memorization came easy to me mm-hmm. and like how they set the tests up and how they even taught the classes. Right, right. Like, like, I don't know if y'all's teachers just do it. Hey, pay attention to what I'm about to say. Hey, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> I have teachers who did that. Like, and then, and then, you know, on my side, if I'm taking ownership, it's like in college, you know, I probably didn't choose the best major or. Or just blindly thought that I needed an undergrad degree. And I just picked a major that my heart wasn't in it. You know, I was your typical jock from high school all the way to undergrad. So I didn't really see how important it was. And I was just like, you know, I, I won't name any names from my teammates. And, but there was a phrase that I'm, I'm sure some of you are, C's get degrees. Like, and so it's just like, uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole of, of all of that. But... I think all of us have probably like been there where we've just like I just need to pass this test. Yeah. I don't need to return yeah. any information. So so yeah, and 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 that example, I think you're in the same boat as probably people that went to school in the seventies <laughs> till now. Right. That that has not changed. Some, yeah, some yeah. things never change. Yeah. Yes, Ishita? Yeah, so I have a question for both of you now after listening to um your experiences. I'm curious, um from Zoe, did you see like decline in student performance or did it improve? And also from Abisola's perspective, what was your um, experience? Um, there was definitely some surprises both ways. So there was, yeah. and unfortunately, if they declined, it was more so not on, so for the little kids, it more so wasn't their fault, right? So it might have been they didn't have good enough internet connection at home. They didn't have a responsible adult at home to sign them in in the morning Mm. um, or something like that. So I think for the little kids, that was more so if they were declining, that was the reason um, because at least in my school, I know that we have like a great team of teachers and they were doing their best to teach the best that they could online. Um, And then I was actually surprised some kids, um, because I work with kids with all different abilities, some of my students that can never sit still or listen in class, in physical class, were thriving virtually. <laughs> like, I had a kid that could not read in second grade. Six months into virtual re- uh, virtual school, she could read. Yeah. And I was like, what was the difference? She wasn't 
getting distracted by like 20 other kids in the room that's true um you know she could turn her her mic off or the kids could have their video off and so it's like i saw kind of the pros and cons you know um and that we're all we all learn differently so there was of course kids that were falling behind but at the same time i don't know if that was their own um volition i think that very much has to do with their home life probably yeah yeah um, for me, I feel as though I I did thrive during uh during the virtual setting, but I procrastinated a lot. So <laughs> the teachers they didn't take off late points, so I kept doing it. I still got a good grade, so I kept on doing it, and um that was definitely like hard to. I mean, I still haven't broken away from that. So let me be honest. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's kind of hard to like stray away from that procrastination, especially even like in middle school. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, I have this. But the thing is like, I'll just write an essay like (laughs) the night before Zoom and I get a grade. So it's like, what's the reason for me to stop? But I have to stop. So that's, you know, that. Um, But also I know like some other people that I like, they thrived in person. But then, like, virtually, it was just because of their home life and because of just, like you said, internet mm-hmm. connections and all these things, like technologies and stuff like yeah. that. It just didn't mm-hmm. work, right? Yeah. And, um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot. I was going to say something. I mm-hmm. forgot. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll try to remember the question that I had for you because I also forgot. <laughs> but... Zoe, you mentioned something that that piqued my interest, that kid who, when they went virtual, you know, uh, what was it, grade two reading Mm -hmm. level, and then six months down, they were killing it. Mm -hmm. Since things have gone back, quotation mark, to the new normal, Mm -hmm. how has the education system, like, transitioned? Have, is there, like, a process where you can be like, hey, this kid, like, this is their learning style. Mm-hmm. Keep them there. Like, <laughs> or was it like, no, we're going to drag everyone yeah. back into the schools now, even if you did well, and we know <laughs> you didn't do well with this new one, you're coming back. Like, has yeah. there been any sort of change in um, policies? I would say I'm very lucky. The school that I work in right now, um, I'll say, unfortunately, it's very few and far between that you have a good administrative team, a good mm-hmm. principal. Um, so I'm very lucky to have a good administrative team. And so before the pandemic, things might have been more strict, more do this, that, so the district doesn't get on us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think things are a little more lenient now because we saw what could happen. Mm -hmm. And so now we're open to more possibilities. So I think, yes, we see, oh, this kid, um, of course, I'm I'm definitely like anti-screen all the time, but Mm -hmm. here and there, if there's a kid that they Mm -hmm. learn better just, you know, on a tablet than the physical book. If it's still the same content, you know, mm-hmm. we can use it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and yeah, different learning styles. I think we're just a little more, hopefully, overall empathetic mm-hmm. for each other, mm-hmm. you know, because when we were working virtually, it's like we were almost like at home with each other, even though we were away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of like a whole different vibe going back um that yeah there's a little bit i think there's a little more leniency and people understanding um that we all are going through like an unprecedented time so we all need to be like a little more understanding um because 
yeah, there's just like, there's a lot going on at home and now we're being thrust back into school. And so it's a lot, especially for the little ones who are just learning basically everything. (laughs) Yeah. And then, is your turn? Uh, so in my experience, as I told, I had a different assessment types. Like I used to have written exam versus mm-hmm. an oral exam. Virtually, how did it change in elementary school? And also, how Abisola, how did it change in like high school? Um, so testing is very interesting. Um, so because I'm special ed, I actually do a lot of testing. And I unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, because I... I actually hate doing testing and like because I do so much of it of course right mm-hmm. um, we could not do it virtually some of the formal testing that I do is like it's like legal testing so it can't really do it over phone or video even um, so I had to just wait <laughs> and like keep delaying it um, but it was yeah a lot of it just wasn't possible but at the same time now that we've gone back I feel like so much of the assessments now are online or on computers because we started doing using different apps and services while we were virtual and then we go back and we're like okay well let's just that's what they're used to let's just keep doing it online um i think there's pros and cons to doing online tests uh some kids just like to click through (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) especially the little ones are like okay well click 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 um but i do like the idea of different types of exams like because that's how the world is. We're not always going to be just like checking boxes, especially multiple choice, you mm-hmm. know? So um, like you said, oral exams or like present, I think I like things like presentations, projects, mm-hmm. um, like showing a tangible thing that mm-hmm. you've made. I think that's sometimes way better than, you know, A, B, C, D, pick this, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, that, that type of presentation projects, mm-hmm. you have to make it your own. Yeah. And it might stick with you a little longer. You know, yeah. you talk about filling in the bubble. When I had to apply for private schools at a certain grade, it was like, you know, multiple private schools had their own tests. So I was pulled out of a day of class, you know, sit in my own classroom, have one proctor. I started to make a game out of it. Because it was like, it was like <laughs> four hours of different tests, lunch break, four more hours. So I'm over here like at the end of this column, if it ends on a C, then the next column has to be a C. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just like, my brain is fried. But um, I remembered my question, Abisola. And it, it might be more of a statement, but like your year of virtual, if I had to think of something cool that came out of it, it's like, you know, you had to choose to get online and, yeah. and be present. There's a level of autonomy that I don't think existed in any of our early uh, generations of like high school you know it's just like our parents are going to know if you're still in the house our parents, <laughs> our parents are going to know if like you know you missed your bus or or you weren't at school and so it's like there's a level of like you had to kind of because life made you press pause you had to be you know maybe you had had a chance to reflect and be like all right like i, I see value in this even if i don't like it and then you got to kind of choose whether you wanted to sign in that day or not. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of adult life. Like, <laughs> you can do what you want. You know, mm-hmm. once you once you graduate, honestly, no one's really going to 
enforce a consequence after high school in my opinion mm-hmm. you know it's just like you know parents might tell you you should go to college but it's just like that whole year 18 year grown in america yeah. thing is real and i think the older you get the less people are going to be like oh you're really messing up mm-hmm. you got to be like you're the one messing up so i think it's kind of cool that for some people at your age maybe they got to experience a small slice of I don't want to call it adulthood because there's still adults that aren't responsible. But I guess like ownership and responsibility like at a higher level because I know all I had to do, like I said, I'd show up to school. That was easy. I showed up because of my sports and then test taking was simple. So I and guess. I, don't, yeah. I guess um, to that, it's like, yeah, I showed up. Was I paying attention all the time? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> I'm on mute, the teacher's talking, mm-hmm. the, the talking isn't really relating to, like there was this one teacher, all he talked about was his life, and I get it, you want to talk about your life, it's <laughs> fine, <laughs> like then, that was the whole thing, so it was just, yeah. I zone out, I, either, a, pre- a preview of college for like, you, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you'll always get the professor that wants to talk about like their life experiences, and you're like, okay, and this goes back to the top. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, so it was, yeah, I did sign in. I got that attendance. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it wasn't pertaining to the test, it, it wasn't, I didn't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also back to Nishita's um, question, which was like the assessments and all that. Yeah. Um, we had um, presentations and like projects and stuff. And also, um, what else we do? We like, it was just like, group discussions also like in order for you to like get the point on all that and and even for like like the bubbling bubbling in questions yeah. and all that it was just open notes because like the seat come on you can't expect the student to be on their tablet or laptop and not use their notes like that's right. just not that's not you know comprehensive <laughs> i mean comprehending and so um it was like that and also like for english it was just essays mm-hmm. and but it wasn't like too much to an extent like she really understood that you know a lot of students like something like i just don't have time for this you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was okay mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. um oh to you zoe and um what classes do you think should be suggested for students to take now like in the light of the pandemic and, like, what topics do you think they need to learn about now, post-pandemic world? And, like, mental health, emotional skills, like, what kind of things? Yeah. Um, so, one thing that we have at our school, we have a lot of, like I said, we have a lot of wraparound, like, mental health services. Mm-hmm. So, we actually have, as one of our, instead of just, like, um, you know, PE and computers or art we also have um, social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. So at least like once a week, each of the classes will have the, um, the psych or the social worker come in and do some sort of social or emotional learning skills like that. And I think that's super important, not only for the little ones, but you know, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. like you're all developed, you're all yeah. in a different part of your development. And so I think even adults, we missed out on a lot when we were sitting <laughs> at home in front of the, front of the screens so um i think just not even classes but everyone being aware of just you know keeping maintenance on mental health like don't wait until something terrible happens to take care of yourself right and like self-care is a big thing that people talk about um and there's many different ways to do it but i think um yeah i think people just had a lot more perspective now 
um, after what we've all collectively gone through. <laughs> so, um, but I think anything mental health related um, is definitely important for the kids um, looking forward. As far as skills and classes to take, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think hopefully, like you said, you had time to sit sit at home and think more about yourself and yeah. like learn about yourself. I hope that that time everybody got that time, and so they have they uh, have a better idea of what they want to do moving forward. Because like Joshua, you said, and I did the same thing too. Leaving high school, it was kind of like, oh, you did well in high school, so you sh- you need to go to college, mm-hmm. even if you don't know what you want to do. So I kind of did the same thing in undergrad. I was like, okay, I'm. Uh, quote unquote smart so let me go to college mm-hmm. and do the smart thing you know if maybe if I had a similar pandemic year where I was sitting at, at home and really thinking about like what am I doing at school and like why am I doing it maybe I would have had a better idea of what I wanted yeah. to do in college so I don't know if you've kind of like thought of it in that way um kind of <laughs> um but uh, also to that like the mental health aspect for now like for schools I know at least for my school I know like you could take a mental health day students could take a mental health day and be like and that's an excuse absence and I mm-hmm. love that yeah it's amazing yeah. <laughs> um and you know they won't even question it I think you have like a few per quarter or something like that or per semester I don't know but and then um back to like focusing on yourself and um what I really wanted to do like um for me I um I'm a very like, I'll just, like, look up online about, like, different, like, days in the life. I'll, like, watch a YouTube video on, like, okay, a lawyer's days in the life of, like, their work and everything. So I was like, okay, let me check this career off. <laughs> I'm just going down the list. Right. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. And also for me, it's just, um, I play, so for squash-wise, I play squash. And we were um, virtual through that time. We, we did, we had, like, virtual sessions. And um, it was, like, virtual, um what do you call that virtual fitness mm-hmm. and we also like went outside to play pickleball so that was like kind of like a nice sense of community as well like just to have that yeah. and um for your school like how did i don't know since i don't know like if you can speak on this though uh like for pe like how was that virtually i know like for my brother like he had he's in what he's in third fourth i don't know <laughs> he's in fourth grade now i think mm-hmm. and so virtually he was in third grade and so like they just had they like did dancing and all that. So how was that for? It was um, our PE teacher got creative, um, <laughs> and luckily we were able to. We have it's not a huge school, so mm-hmm. um, we were able to like resource wise get a couple things that we could give to each family to do for PE. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like dances. Um, I think we were able to get like jump ropes to all the kids or mm-hmm. something like that. Just keep them ap- uh, active, and um, we're very like community-based school so there's like actually a lot of green space around Mm -hmm. our school there's like a garden and um soccer field basketball field or uh, football field sorry um and so like they could actually be outside and like be physical Mm -hmm. um but for classes yeah my PE teacher is great so it was a lot of dancing you know if you had to be inside um running in place like jumping jacks all that fun stuff so um but once we could actually like be in groups, but still be outside. Um, the, the campus area was actually nice to have, but I know that not every school has like an area that kids can be outside safely. Mm-hmm. So something we had. So like, how did obviously like I know we haven't really touched on this, but like how did like public health in your school 
like how did that improve like like through coming back in person i know for my school we had um a lot of um testing kits and everything like mm-hmm. each week you have to go test if you're not vaccinated and stuff like that how did that like did your school have the resources like was the the city provide resources for that or like what was the deal um i think we so my school definitely doesn't have the most money <laughs> it's a very old building and i think that's another thing that uh was definitely amplified mm-hmm. by the pandemic is some of these schools have not been updated yeah. for generations <laughs> at this point so um, I'm working in one of the schools that doesn't have central air, for instance. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about air quality going back, we're yeah. like, okay, but some of these windows don't even open, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so we were able to pool our resources and definitely ask higher up, like, hey, we need, if we don't have air conditioning, we at least need these um, air filters. Mm-hmm. Like, we need this and this and this before we can go back. Mm-hmm. Um and luckily we had enough community partners as well to give us enough masks, like extra masks if kids didn't have it, um, you know, extra cleaning supplies, like all that stuff. Definitely um, the district said they would supply a lot of those things, but we definitely had to go and look elsewhere <laughs> to make sure that we had enough. Um, Cause when the district said, oh, everyone will have, you know, a mask. I'm like, okay, a mask. Like we have to wear them every day. Yeah. <laughs> so a mask is not going to go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we had to make a, quite a bit of noise. Um, I know the Baltimore, cause I work with the Baltimore teachers union too. We definitely had to make some noise before going back into the buildings to make sure that we had the things we needed to have mm-hmm. to, you know, like safely do what we needed to do. Um, and Baltimore is actually, um, you know, I, I guess you could say the bar is low, but Baltimore is actually one of the only school districts that's consistently testing both students and staff. So I, we are lucky for that, at the very least, you know. <laughs> Not you. Um, you guys are, like, segueing really nicely the thoughts that I'm having, so thank you all for making this really easy. But uh, I have a potential question for you, Abby Sola, but it depends on... On your answer, so. <laughs> so, how much did the youth have a voice when it came to anything during like the the, the pandemic, like lockdown and the crux of it, and also mm-hmm. like post pandemic, uh, yeah, just anything, policies, you know, education things, whatever you can think of. Yeah. Um. So working in elementary, I guess you don't think a lot of like student representation or students speaking for themselves, but. Yeah. Um, there still is, and I actually got more involved in the union as this all went on, just because of the many legal things that were happening that were yeah. kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one thing I did realize is uh, the Baltimore School Board has a student commissioner. There's always supposed to be one seat that is a student, um, and I think now they are advocate advocating to have at least two stu- students on the seats. Um, because how are you going to have a school board that is supposed to be serving children and you don't have them speaking on it, right? Yeah. So um, I think that was something really cool to learn that we actually have students representing themselves and and um, and it's not just like somebody high up that's just like, okay, and this is what you're going to do now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So we do have student representation. I'd also like to hear about it on the high school level because I'm sure there's more involvement. Um yeah, I know that students actually um, put together a protest early on um, when they tried to send us back to school way earlier than 
that I think they tried to send us back to school before the vaccine even happened. So yeah. that was one of the things that I know a lot of students yeah, got did. together yeah. and led some protests, and that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like through like I know last year I believe yeah like the whole like um the the like the the this like the rise not the rise but like the awareness mm-hmm. again of like the black lives matter movement mm-hmm. and all that like i know a student like uh they created a video on it and like how and how like you know our school wasn't really it was just like okay we're gonna go back to learning we're not really you know focusing on that you know mm-hmm. so and that did bring up like some teachers they were like okay i mean some teachers were like, okay, let's have this moment to talk about it, all that stuff. And, like, it was just quiet. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, some in some classes we did talk about it, but also it's, like, virtually. We don't really, I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was okay. Um, so in that way, and then I guess now, um, always we have, um, what do you call that, uh, student officers for each grade. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, the one thing, like, we're focused on now is just, like, prom. <laughs> so... Like, that's what's on our minds right now. Um, so I guess that, I mean, I'm, and, like, like fundraising, too, mm-hmm. and asking um, the school for money. Because, like, I know for now, like, we, ninth grade, we didn't really fundraise that much. And, like, 10th grade was virtual, couldn't really do anything. Even, like, the beginning of 11th grade year, it wasn't, like, we didn't really want to ask students for money because... We're in a pandemic, right? Like a lot of people have gone through things, and you know, you, it's not ethical to ask mm-hmm. someone for money, right? Um, like that, and so like doing that, and I don't know. I feel like the the most that we've gone to leadership was just like, um, was like just like class officers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like SGA, like Student Government Association, mm-hmm. and I know like some students also, um. Like, they've been, like, more outspoken out there about, like, you know, the vaccination mm-hmm. and all that, like, encouraging students to get vaccinated and all right. that, like, you know, speaking out. So, that's nice to see as well. And, I don't know, that's pretty much, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I would just like to know, I'm curious, did students, like, ever express during this pandemic time that they really miss school and they want to come back or they were, like, so comfortable virtually and they are like, oh, we don't want to come back to school, we are fine. And also with Abisola's experience. Yeah, um, yeah, it was actually, in some ways, a pleasant surprise because you had some of the kids that would be complaining about school right and then once they get back after all that long long virtual time they're like oh my gosh i missed you guys i missed all my friends i missed my teachers like oh really did you now because <laughs> used to complain all the time but yeah i think all that that very very long time away from getting to play with each other and and all the usual school experiences i did have a lot of kids say that they were happy to be back or um, you know, when we were, like, deep in virtual, they were like, I'm done with this. Can we just be in person now? <laughs> like, so, um, and then on the other hand, you had some uh, parents that were still very cautious to send their kids yeah. back, right? So, um, it's like, yes, we do want to send them back, but, like, we're scared, which is totally valid, because especially with the little kids, they're all over each other all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I totally understood that, and, um, they still had a virtual academy open this year, but I think there were only so many spaces. Mm. So some of our parents were not happy with that yeah. because they were like, I signed up, but I got waitlisted. And I'm like, well, you got to do something. So um, 
but yeah, it was very, it was kind of a pleasant surprise that a lot of kids were like, I can't wait to go back, or like, I'm so happy to be back, yeah. Um, for me, uh, I know, like, I feel like a lot of, like, of my peers were happy to be back. Um, some was just like, virtual, virtual, it was convenient, you know, it was very convenient. But like at the same time, it's like just seeing people. But like now that I was, because <laughs> right now I'm, in, I'm on spring break, and so like uh, I was just like reeling. I, I wanted a break so badly, like after being in person for so long. Because like right when I go back into school, like I know SATs are coming up that week, and then the week after that is AP exams, and it's just gonna be like a lot thrown at once. So I just needed a break from it. And I know like also my school we had um, virtual schooling as well. Um, but I think the, the thing with that is like, I would have done it, but it was that you wouldn't graduate with, like, you wouldn't like on your diploma or whatever, you wouldn't say, it wouldn't say I graduated from poly to just be like, I graduated from like virtual something like that. So I'm like, if I spent (laughs) two years at poly, why am I now going to like, no, you know, like, no. So yeah. (laughs) So I have one more question that, um. I know that in house we usually don't have like five laptops, like each laptop per person. Mm-hmm. So, and we not, I don't know what is your experience with Wi Fi technology and laptops. Was it provided to teachers or maybe the students who really needed it or couldn't afford it? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a whole mess. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, March when we had to go into lockdown, I feel like we spent a month or more figuring out just the Wi-Fi and the laptops themselves because that was just like um, it's like first of all they had to make sure that all the teachers had laptops mm-hmm. laptops to teach from um, because personally I never had a, a work laptop like yeah. the teachers are supposed to have a work laptop I never got one yeah. so then I suddenly got one um, of course it was not the greatest it was just like a Chromebook which is like basically the same thing that they gave all the kids right mm-hmm. So they're expecting me to teach all these lessons, have a million tabs open. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a little bit of a mess. I didn't have the fastest internet either. Um, I know that Baltimore did do like a kind of cool, like essential internet thing for a while for families that didn't have it. It was like for, I don't know if it was free for a while or very, very discounted. Um, but even like trying to find how to get that apparently was very hard. So. Um, yeah, there was like a, there was a few weeks there where, you know, North Ave, the district uh, headquarters was like handing out laptops, but it was very confusing. Um, and then the schools themselves had to hand out laptops to the kids. And then we had to give out like hotspots, but we only had so many. Um, so it's definitely a little messy. Um, but it's like, okay, well, we did that one time. So we know if this ever has to happen in the future, hopefully it'll the rollout will like make more sense because that is definitely hard to i don't even know how they kept track of it like to be honest i feel like some of those kids could have held on to those computers never gave them back and or sold them and (laughs) nobody would know because i heard that happen so (laughs) but yeah um at the very least i want to say that everybody at the end got a laptop and had internet but I'm not completely sure. <laughs> and what was uh, what was your experience? Um, for it? me, I don't really remember much of like that end of ninth grade year. I don't think it was just it was like what they were what they said was just what your grade is is what your grade is going to be at the end, pass or fail. Um, like you had chances to like boost your grade up with like extra credit work and all that. 
But then, like, 10th grade, I feel like, you know, they were, like, somehow more prepared. Right. They definitely, like, you know, passed out laptops. I know for, like, my brother's school, they also passed out hotspots as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that was limited, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, everything is always limited. But, and then, like, even this year, they're like, okay, if you don't, even if you have a personal laptop, like, get a school one, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's what they're saying. And so, they were definitely more you know, they're more open to that idea. And I really do like how, like, you know, unfortunately, it had it took us a pandemic in order to realize that, you know, things are going into technology, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know one of my teachers, he's, like, very, um, <laughs> I have a joke with him, he's, like, very traumatic. Like, he's, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to use technology at all. Like, I like we have to write an essay on paper. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Okay. Okay. And, um... But yeah, but I feel like it was un like it is unfortunate that it did take us a pandemic to realize that mm -hmm. you know technology is the way that things are going. And I know for like my sister, she's in kindergarten right now, so this is her first year in school, and like she grew up in a world of masks, but like she mm -hmm. grew up with you know using a tablet, iPad for everything, right? right? And so it's just kind of like you know weird to see that you know, progression, and even, like, I think they were virtual for, like, a week or so, like, before the winter break, I think, mm -hmm. and it was just, like, it was, like, weird to see her transition from, okay, in person, with masks, mm -hmm. using a laptop, and using a tablet, then, oh, virtual, having <laughs> headphones in with the iPad, yep. it was weird, you know, but, but, like, sometimes she's, like, I know how to do this on the iPad, I'm, like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, you know, yeah. You're on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so during pandemic, like uh, according to my experience, I was so busy in even in virtual world, like attending meetings until five p.m. and I couldn't spare a time to see my friends or mm -hmm. get in involve myself in any physical activities or go and meet people. How was your experience with it? I can start with Zoe and then Abisola. So it was definitely a little isolating um, because I'm kind of like a, I guess, an ambivert. So like I like to be around people, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of shy. So it was it was weird. Like I definitely like to go out and like go to events and stuff. And obviously that wasn't happening for a while. It's like I can't go out and see a show or anything. And it's definitely too scary to do. So um, that took a while to get used to. But um, <laughs> yeah, like... I don't, I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was a lot. Um, I, I feel like almost not like a completely different person, but like, we've definitely gone through a weird time that like, uh, definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. I think like, like you, I think you said earlier, you know, what's important now, like mm -hmm. what priorities have definitely been set. <laughs> so, yeah. right. So there's not like a lot to get in my way of what needs to be done now I think it's like I've definitely re rethought everything and what what is a priority and what's not so yeah yeah with for me for like keeping friends and all that it was like super isolating and um and then what did it like so and then like that I think that summer of 2020 I was like supposed to go like for a summer program and I couldn't because it was COVID and didn't really have anything in place for that and everything. And so I did youth works through the city and that was also virtual. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, 
And it was just, it was weird. Because it was like, you can't, I mean, you could make a connection online. It's fine. But it's not the same as in person. And, like, I remember, like, ninth grade year. I did, like, the early ninth grade year, post-pandemic, no, pre-pandemic. I didn't even go to homecoming. I was like, okay, like, whatever. I don't <laughs> care. But, like, now I just want to mm-hmm. do everything. Because, yeah. you like, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like... Yeah. I'm, like, just trying to take advantage of everything. Like, I just want to go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you didn't ask the question to me, but I'd like to answer it as well. <laughs> uh, as usual, you guys are mind readers, and that, that kind of closely tied to a question that I was thinking about asking. But first, I'll say, for me, I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved it. But, but I think the reason was, you know... In this newish job at Mission Fit, I think when we had to shut down and, you know, gyms was like one of the hot spots that like, oh, it's a cesspool of COVID. <laughs> don't, don't come here. And so I shut the gym down, even though it was, was and still is a very small, intimate gym. And I moved into this gym because I was just like, it's my gym. I can. And I, and I want to keep working out. But. Like, that was early on. It transitioned to, like, it made me realize the position I'm in and how much privilege I have to create a space that can continue allowing youth to grow and develop. Where before COVID, I was so busy just trying to do, do, do. Yeah. That, not to say that I lost sight of, but it was just like, bro, you don't realize how much of an impact you can have. Mm-hmm. And like COVID and, 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 you know, hearing things from you, Abby Sola, not that obviously I heard it from other youth at the time, but it just was a nice reminder of just like kids need this space. Kids need mission fit. And I think that was also around the time where Black Lives Matter, some things were still happening. And, you know, unfortunately, I think for me, the impetus, the start with that was, I think, one of young black kids happened you know he's no longer on this earth and i was just like this is kind of why you said yes to this so like i was in this gym for like 13 weeks straight literally sleeping (laughs) and and loving it but because i didn't have to worry about day-to-day operations it really allowed me to refocus myself and kind of get some things in order on what mission fit started as or it's like the the core the heartbeat of why mission fit was birthed and then how i wanted it to become and and so it ended up being that for the lockdown but um my last question well i guess second to last question before we kind of wrap up this podcast first thank you all to how this thing flowed (laughs) i i think this is the first time i've been on the podcast and i'm over here like we can kind of go over 90 minutes, but we're not supposed to. So let me start wrapping it up. But, um, I mean, it took more than two years. You were, you were speaking about, you know, it's just like freshman year, sophomore, you were in the lockdown. And it just occurred to me after two plus years, I was like, bro, if I was in high school at the time, I could not do sports. Mm-hmm. And that was, was and kind of is my world. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like... I don't know what would have happened. I probably would have crumbled. Like, and I know some some of my kids, some of my youth who were athletes, but like something you said a few minutes ago, I was like, I couldn't run, I couldn't compete with people, you know, and, and 
and it would have, I think it sucks for everyone, but you know, I was like top five, you know, in my county, top five mm-hmm. in the States. And how would that affected my college career? How would it affect mm-hmm. a lot of things? And, and I was just like, Oh, like, <laughs> so now after all this time, I was like, yeah, like, nah, couldn't do that. But, um, I kind of wanted to ask all of y'all because I want to view this podcast as a project, as a presentation, something that sticks with us, not a bubble test. (laughs) And so it's kind of like I I somewhat answered, I think what's going to stick with me for the next few years is just knowing kind of a stronger why uh, and a stronger purpose of what I'm trying to create here. And, And that I, you know, I think you're a part of that Abby Sola of, just like this is a space for youth to grow and it will stay that way and it'll only get better. So what's something that stuck with you through this whole experience or something that you want to, you know, like be embedded on your person uh, for the foreseeable future? Abisola, Ishita, Nenzo. Um, so I guess something that really... I guess something that I feel as though will stick with me is um, like just the time with my family. Um, I know like I take it for granted and um, but I am like I'm what I'm 17 now. I'm about to leave the house soon. And like I tell my parents like, oh, my gosh, one more year and I'm gone. (laughs) Like you better enjoy me now. (laughs) But, you know. It's something that I really did take for granted, and um, I feel like now I'm I'm definitely more, um, I am definitely more grateful for that, and it's just been a really nice experience. Like I said before, my sister is in kindergarten, she's five years old, about to turn six, and we're 11 years apart, and so like, once I leave, it's just, you know, (laughs) it's gonna be hard to like, form that connection again especially also with like my brothers as well and so I I'm just happy for the time I got to spend with my family even though it was an insurmountable a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) amount of time um yeah and also um just focusing on myself and um I know like most of the the pandemic that was on Netflix (laughs) (laughs) like it was just that was just my comfort zone and like there were times I was like oh my gosh I'm so tired of watching Netflix I need to do something else (laughs) but that was all I could do and um just yeah and like just as I said before like learning about the things I like and things I like to do Mm -hmm. and just knowing where my priorities lie and it may not always be with school at the time you know and and like even like now going back in person it's just like okay i i know i have schoolwork i do this i do xyz but at the end of the day it's like that's not that's not my whole identity you know so yeah, yeah. Specs. Right, so thank you abby so ishita what's gonna stick with you <laughs> i'm not really sure how to answer this question but yeah to like I would go with Abisola's answers. Yeah, I do. Um, I do uh, appreciate my family, and I'm grateful to have them. It's now been three years; I haven't seen them. But mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really hard to be without them. And also, I think in this pandemic, I also learned like my priorities, and 
I respect and appreciate more about my work because sometimes I was like, oh, I'm tired. Why do I have to go every day? But when I did not get a chance to go in lab for like two weeks, I was like, no, this is not. This is something I love, so I have yeah. to go back. Yeah, I appreciate it more, <laughs> and like I'm more grateful for that. Thank you, thank you, Zo. Oh gosh, so many things. Um, <laughs> like. I feel like because this has just been such a huge part of our lives for more than two years now, like um, it's affected us all in so many different ways. But um, touching back on like priorities, I think I learned fairly early into the switch to virtual learning, like how to set better work boundaries mm -hmm. and protect my peace. Because like the thing about teaching virtual was like, they really pushed it <laughs> like they were like you're on call like all the time almost you know where you're doing calls you're doing texts and you're on video and all that and, and a few months in I was just like you know what I'm gonna turn off at a certain time every yeah. evening because I'm literally working in my house and then I have to be in my house all the time yeah. so like yeah I can't do my job if I don't know how to turn it off so um I definitely learned how to set better boundaries and protect my peace do like take care of me so that I can take care of my students. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm not well, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do my job well, right? Yeah. So um, it de definitely let me prioritize what is important. And, yeah. you know, just uh, setting better work boundaries has been important for me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the last question, uh, two questions. You know, typically we always end our Voices of Baltimore podcasts with two questions, the first one being, what does strength mean to you today? And then something that you're grateful or thankful for today as well. Uh, so I'll switch the order up. We'll go Zoe, Abisola, and then Ishita. So, you know, what does strength mean to you? And then what are you thankful for? All right. Strength means to me... Oh, gosh. Okay. That's a big one. Um, strength to me, I know people probably think like the physical first but um, I think it's all connected so the mental the emotional and the physical all together um, you know being able to I think strength is being sure of yourself and if you're not sure of yourself a little bit of faking it till you make it mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and you know believing in yourself and not just yourself but those around you and um, being able to have, be sure of yourself enough to choose the right people to be around you, too. I think it's a strength to have mm -hmm. a good circle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's strength to me. What I am... Are you grateful. doing grateful? Yep, grateful. I grateful. am grateful for spring break right now. <laughs> it is very, very, yes. very needed. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Abby Sola? Um, strength, strength, strength. Um, so, strength right now means to me um determination and like doing the hard things even though when you don't feel like doing it because right now i have so much work to do um prior to going back to school that i have to uh do and um yeah it's just like even when you don't feel like it like you may take a break and that's fine but like just going back to it um and yeah and then uh what what i'm grateful for yes um i mentioned before i'm very grateful for my family i'm super grateful for my friends 
Um, I don't know. And I'm also grateful for, like, just going through a pandemic and, like, actually still being here. Yeah. And, yeah, which yeah. is nice. Thank you. Thank you. Last but not least, <laughs> Yeah, the, um, I think strength to me now means is not giving up on anything you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Such as like, there are so many times in my life when I really want to just give up. But then I think, no, let me just write pros and cons and see. No, I think I really want it. So let's leave it and don't give up. This is what strength means to me right now. And I'm grateful for my parents, my younger sister. And I'm so grateful that it was a pandemic and I wanted to come here for as a visiting scholar in Hopkins. And it was a little delayed, but I was still able to make it. So I'm so grateful for these things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, once again, I definitely appreciate and want to thank each and every one of you for being on this podcast. Uh, I think I definitely learned... Some nice details that I will probably forget, <laughs> but I think the bigger picture of stuff will definitely stick with me. And I think what makes me the happiest is that I'm, I met some new people, you know, learned some things about people that I you know, knew already. And, and I think I'm excited to uh, just share all the wisdom that each of us had. And we may not know who it reaches, but it'll definitely reach someone and impact them. So... Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.